the fuck is really, 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 really good, y'all. That's what's up, man. It is episode 250. Guys, I have reached 250 episodes. BTB Army, give yourselves a round of applause. 250, y'all. 250. Straight independent, solo dolo, right? Big shout out to the Dust Brothers. Big shout out to Miles Davis. Big shout out to Jordan Winter, okay? BTB Army, the whole crew, Lakey Lake, Illegal Cartel. Let's motherfucking go, y'all. Mm. You hear that? That's that Peter Gabriel right there. That's that good, good. That's that real John Cusack right here. Yo, your boy got his IG back. The Instagram police set me free. Your boy is back, back. Okay, the Wash Lord is back. Do you hear that? That is Say Anything soundtrack. Actually, I was fucking with the song before the movie. Yeah, I'm that old. That's why I am the Wash Lord, the Korean John Cusack, the Korean Liam Neeson, all that old school shit. The Korean John Hughes, motherfucker. What's really, really, really good? Guys, I am Ben Ballard, not Ben Humble, your host. This is the Behind the Baller Show. I'm sorry. This is the award-winning professional podcast, museum-quality podcasting, Behind the Baller, top business entrepreneurship show. Got to give a big shout-out to my man Luke from Cerritos, Representing that five six deuce, okay, yeah, doggy, that's a good motherfucking look. Shout out to my attorney James Bryant from the Cochran firm, okay. Yeah, that would be Johnny Cochran. Yes, my man is a partner there, okay. Also a member of the Kappa Alpha Psi Incorporated fraternity. Yes, he's a nasty noob. Much love to those two gentlemen right there, yo. The Lakers won last night. Big motherfucking win. I was sick when 80, his, ugh, watching that ankle hit that 90 degree. But yo, we needed that win. I, look, I got to give LeBron all his flowers, all his proppers, the whole night. Y'all can flame me. Y'all can say whatever you want to. My man LBJ was, he, yo, he showed up. Dude is, look, man, I don't care. All right, look, it's a lot of shit going on right now, okay? Episode 250, yo, you motherfuckers who gave up, and don't don't talk to me about shit. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what I own, what I got, and whatever, and someone's like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about B-B-D-T-B-C. Ben Baller did the blockchain. Guys, I'm not jumping into that Discord. We're going to figure out a different way to get shit cracking. I don't need to jump in that Discord. I don't need to, like, get into anything, whatever. I, there's things that are meant to be. And the thing with the NFTs, NFTs are forever, y'all. This is the tortoise versus the rabbit. All right? If you don't know the story, make sure you... Put your right or your left hand out, whichever hand is swifter and stronger, okay? Make sure you get about four ounces of baby powder. Be very, very liberal 
with all the baby powder, pour it into that stronger hand and slap yourself. Motherfucker, non-fungible tokens are for life, okay? About to make a motherfucking resurrection in this bitch. I'm making some in real life chains. I got a lot of shit going on though. I ain't gonna lie. That IG being down fucked me up. It, it really did. Y'all don't even wanna know how much that motherfucking shit cost me to get back. And it ain't nothing. It's all good. It ain't like I'm celebrating because it's like, yo, it changed my life. I told y'all, I was already shifting away from it. And it is what it is. There's some shit that's going on. I'm keeping my partnerships. It's a lot of weird energy in the world. Look, man. I'm going to stay focused, right? It's a, the President's Day weekend. What the fuck's going on this weekend? All I know is it's a fucking four-day weekend. All right, well, three-day technically, right? We're going to jump in the motherfucking K-Town Explorer, me and the Yang Gang, and we're going to just, you know, vibe out. We got a new member of the family. You already know, Biggie Smalls. Yes, the Burner Doodle. You know, we're just going to go out and we're going to vibe out. And this is, you know, nice. The next week, me and my wife's 10-year anniversary. I'm going to give y'all an episode on Thursday. I'll give y'all an episode this coming Monday. But the following Monday, miss me. Mrs. Yang ain't having it. She just won't. You know what I mean? But look, I'm back two episodes a week. We're here. We're strengthening the BTB podcast, guys. Okay? So check it out. We got a special episode today. We got my man Billy Marcus on Behind the Baller. For the second time, this is the co-founder of Dogecoin. He is the most vocal. This guy is a solid motherfucker. He is obviously the leader of the Doge army. He's a very, very good dude. Gets a lot of shit here and there, whatever. And he likes to block people, just like me. I love to block motherfuckers. It just gets people. Some people are like, oh, no, you can go, go see this shit. No, dog, I'm not trying to, man, man, dog, go create a different account. And people do, by the way. People get mad and whatever. People make up all kinds of shit and everything. Oh, man, what are you talking about, man? You ain't won no war, blah, 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 you ain't fucking tough business. Bro, don't make me smack this shit. I love receipts. You know that. Anyways, my man Billy about to come on the show and do his thing. He wants to keep you guys up to date, you know, give you more insight on what's going on with the future. You know, is Bitcoin here to stay? Is it, what, like, what is, is Solana making a comeback? Is, is it going to fucking surpass Ethereum? All kinds of questions that you might be asking, Right? What's Doge looking like, okay? Is Billy still holding Doge? What would Billy do if he got a million dollars? We're going to answer all those questions. In fact, I'm not even going to yap, y'all. And I know some of y'all want some rants and this and that, whatever. Look, it's episode 250. There has been 250 episodes of Behind the Baller. I'm telling you, I haven't had this kind of consistency. I have prayed and wished on consistency and patience. Consistency is coming. It's there and we're, we're here. Patience? Look, man, it, it, I'm doing my best, right? That's something that just don't come immediately. But we're going to pay a couple bills and we're going to get into this motherfucking Dogecoin founder, Billy Marcus interview, episode 250. I love you guys. You have no idea how much I appreciate you guys for real, for real. All right. That's my man, Lakey Lake in the background right there. Okay. The genius from Arizona. And we will be right back, y'all. Most probiotics don't work. 
If you've ever struggled to find a good brand, here's why. To be truly effective, a probiotic must survive the trip from your mouth to your gut. The majority of probiotics, even the special refrigerated ones, die in your harsh stomach acid well before they get to where they're needed. That's why I'm a fan of Just Thrive Probiotic. Their exclusive strains are designed by nature to put up an armor-like shell when conditions get rough. In fact, studies have proven that Just Thrive Probiotic arrives 100% alive in your gut and ready to go to work. That's what makes them so uniquely effective at controlling gas, constipation, and bloating, and providing much-needed immune support. Their vegan, non-GMO, gluten, dairy, and soy-free formula can even support beautiful skin, better sleep, and easier weight management. For exceptional health, there's nothing like the award-winning Just Thrive Probiotic. Thousands of customers can't be wrong. Make this your year. Support your immune health with Just Thrive. Get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code BALLER at checkout. It's www.justthrivehealth.com. Make sure you use code BALLER at checkout. What's good, BTB Army? We are back, and we got, like I said, my man, Billy Marcus, a.k.a. co-founder of Dogecoin, part two on the show. Yo, man, Billy, what's good, bro? Hey, thanks for having me on again. Uh, It's always nice to be chatting with you. Yeah, dog, you know what, man? Let me ask you a question, man. Do you consider yourself like a Bay Area dude, or do you consider yourself a, a Pacific Northwest guy? Um, I get, I've been here for a long enough now that I, I don't know, I've kind of feel more Bay Area. Like when I, last time I went home, it felt a little bit more foreign to me. Uh, but I think I still have like kind of the Northwest values and vibes. Uh, I might move back there eventually, but we'll see. Right. Remind the people approximately how old are you? Uh, I'm in my thirties. Okay. You're in your thirties, right? I just have a random question. It's not even on my list of questions. Just thought about it right now. What does Silicon Valley mean to you today? Like, what does that mean? Um, I don't like uh, the whole barrier is just like, you know, tech capital uh, where a lot of like startups exist, where a lot of uh, tech exists, where a lot of uh, companies like tech companies are really popular here. So I think that's kind of what that means to me in general. I just, man, it's like I lived in the Bay for so long. Mm. And obviously, you know, I stay out there now and it's like Silicon Valley, it just doesn't, te- it doesn't hit me. But I'm not in tech though <laughs> either. You know what I'm saying? It's, such, it's just such a weird thing. Um, anyways, bro, yeah. look, thank God crypto was kind of like back. Like right now I'm good with where it's at right now. You know, I'm completely fine with where it's at. I feel like it's in a good place. Every single coin is kind of doing what it needs to do. I mean, of course, I'd love Doge to be above a quarter, you know what I'm saying? Even above 30 cents. But look, you know. We can't fucking just sit here and, and pick about stupid shit. But so, you know, I looked at my timeline every morning. I have a few people that I follow that are rough around, like around my age or older. I'd like to think that because I have a fan base of from 16 all the way to like, you know, 50, whatever. But my core fan base is probably like 25 to 38. You know, it's real, but it's very wide. What I'm trying to get at is I see the standard bank account holding types. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
like, I know you're only in your 30s, but like, you know, we didn't have too much to invest in besides like mutual funds and like stocks and bonds. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, there's so many different things with hedge funds and all kinds of shit. And why do you think these older type people, close-minded, standard bank account holding type dudes, right? Why do you think these people have so much skepticism about cryptocurrency? So I actually think it's probably healthy to have skepticism about cryptocurrency. Um, I'm actually a cryptocurrency skeptic. I don't like necessarily think it's bad or anything like that, but um, I think the space is very uh, complicated. Uh, it's it's full of a lot of scams. Um, not everything is a scam, but there's a lot of scams going on. And so, like, I think if you know, if coming from like a regular world where you're used to like stocks and bonds and all that kind of stuff that's you know well known and safe um and having this like kind of upstart world that's trying to reinvent everything uh i do think it's healthy to look at it skeptically at first um and then you know dab your toes in it if you're interested uh instead of you know going full ham and jumping into it uh but that's my opinion i'm, I'm more conservative about that kind of stuff anyway i mean like look at like someone like warren buffett he don't need to invest a fucking single dollar in this shit. He don't need to be heard any kind of pitch. No, I'm being serious. It's like, why do you think this guy, you know, he really always tries to, um, he tries to convince other billionaires to donate lots of, you know, millions, if not billions to, you know, research, whatever bullshit. I mean, who fucking knows where the money goes? You know, really like it's, it's crazy. Anyways, um, can you do me a favor? Mm. Can you please explain to everyone what a BSC token is? Okay. Um, I'll back up a little bit. Uh, so when Dogecoin was created in 2013, um, like cryptocurrencies, if you made a new cryptocurrency, you would normally take Bitcoin source code or Litecoin source code uh, or something that was well established at the time and fork it, which means you just take the code and copy it and then change some stuff. And then you'd have to uh, redeploy it and the only way for it to get traded on different exchanges uh, was for an exchange to pick it up and like vet it essentially. Um, so like that's how coins were traded. They had to be picked up by exchanges back in 2013. Uh, but nowadays um, there's BSC, uh, like a Binance smart chain, or there's uh, Ethereum um, or other uh, smart blockchains like that um, that you can build. Uh, tokens on top of. Um, so BSC is very common to build tokens on top of because it's inexpensive to do so. Um, it'll, it'll cost you like, I don't know, 10 bucks or 20 bucks or something like that in BSC. And then uh, it'll take about like two minutes to make to just copy something and, and deploy it. Um, so essentially it's a token, uh, like a full cryptocurrency. You can say how many tokens that you want full uh, when you create it and uh, whatnot, but it uh, piggybacks on the BSC uh, blockchain, so it doesn't have its own blockchain. It it uses the Binance Smart Chain to do all its transactions and stuff. So if you want to send any amount of it, you also have you have to pay a gas fee in BSC coin to send it around. I mean, realistically though, I remember when Safe Moon was the craze, and. Honestly, me and you were barely even talking. I don't think, no, I'm sorry. We, we weren't even talking then. This is a Dogecoin rise. You know, I'm talking to Mozzie, right? I'm talking to Rise. He's telling me about Safe Moon. I'm fucking having to go through all this shit. I'm like, God damn, this is like some, like, this is a movie. 
to download this one app, to do this, this, and this. And it was like crazy the way that, you know, have you ever used BitMart before? Uh, I haven't used BitMart, no. Okay, it's like a shit show. It's like a wild fucking, like a swap meet stock exchange where like you're buying right then and there, you're selling right then and there. It's cra- It's so much more stock exchange-ish than any of the main um, platforms as far as like, um, you know, uh, Binance or fucking crypto.com or anything. Now, when you explain BSC token to me, right? And I'm thinking like, look, and you know what? I hate to say this, but it just is what it is. You know, something like Ascoin, right? Mm. Let's say I bought $1,000 with Ascoin. Technically, if Ascoin was at 10 cents, I should get 10,000 coins, right? Just for, you know, for argument's sake. But because I'm paying that stupid ass fee, I'm losing like 10% every time I buy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so... Yeah, like token. So SafeMoon popularized this. Um, a lot of tokens have a a tax essentially. Yeah. So that every transaction, like ten percent or fifteen percent or twelve percent, goes to some centralized place. Usually, it's the developers who made it. Uh, and to for marketing, do they whatever say, they want with it. Bullshit. Yeah, they'll they'll say it's marketing, but like it, <laughs> it really just makes the it makes the token unusable as a currency because like why would you ever use a currency exchange for? you know, like 10% of it goes to someone else whenever you use it. Like that's, that's kind of nuts. Um, so I, I don't know the, the, it is what it is for, for those kind of things. No, like no, you can fuck that. See what they're for. Fuck that. Yeah. Billy. Don't try to be politically correct right now. Listen, bro, <laughs> listen, I'm being serious. Think about this, right? If you've ever been a part of like Pola, Herbalife, any sort of multi-level marketing, you know, uh, two by two.net, all that kinds of shit. Technically, if you really like look at it in its raw form, if you look at that process, that's a Ponzi scheme in a certain way, wouldn't you say? Or I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm sorry. It, I know that's a very strong word, but what I'm trying to say is eventually when the top guys want to get out, bro, the bottom guys are fucked. Yeah. So when you make a BSC token, you start with all of it. So like uh, Dogecoin, when it was created, I started with none um, and then I had to mine um, and we released it fairly. So everyone mined at the same time. So it's not like I got every single Dogecoin that would ever be made right away. Uh, But these tokens, like you, you make it and you have all of it. So it's completely centralized then and you have to do weird stuff like airdrops or uh, you know, giveaways. A lot of times they will pay influencers and say, hey, can you go shill this? Uh, I'll give you all of these tokens and then you just say how great it is. And so there's a lot of like shady stuff that goes on. Like it doesn't necessarily go on with all of them, but uh, you know, I, I personally wouldn't want to, it's, it's kind of like a rigged poker game. Like I personally wouldn't, wouldn't That's the perfect, be very excited about it. That is the perfect way to describe it. It's a rigged poker game. And now the reason why I brought it up is because every day, Somebody new gets into crypto and they think, you know, like, oh my God, this is a new coin. It's supposed to be the shit. It's supposed to go to the moon. It's supposed to do this, supposed to do that. Right. And they're like, okay, cool. Then I explain to them, it's a BSC token, bro. Like, I know you got a great fucking, you know, discord and I'm not trying to fucking fuck up your community and everything. And I know you're a good dude, but at the end of the day, bro, you're, you know, you're fucking people up, you know I mean? Am I right or am I not right? Yeah, I mean, mechanically it's, it is poker. Cause like, it's a bunch of people gambling 
on usually they have really dumb names that you know like elon musk yeah. tweeted something and they did take something that he said and make a coin in two seconds and usually they're anonymous people who make it so they just kind of throw it up there um a lot of them like there'll be 20 of the same coin names you just have to figure out which one is actually the the one that you're wanting to gamble on but like essentially you're just it's you're just playing against each other this poker game and uh you know when usually they either pump once and dump or pump twice and dump but they they usually all end up dead uh after not too long um this game is actually not that uncommon like in 2013 that's literally what dogecoin was making fun of all these like dumb coins that kept getting made and uh had kind of a similar trajectory of they would all die and most of them died like dogecoin was one of the few that actually made it out uh, of the clone coins that were made at that time so you know for me it's like not a new thing it's just like watching people do the same thing over and over again but um i don't know i mean so explain so shiba inu that's not a bsc token correct Shipcoin is a Ethereum token. So I thought. So like, look, I missed out on Solana. I remember somebody telling me to jump on it. This again before me and you even talking. And if I put just a couple G's in this motherfucker two years ago, and dude, I've known you for almost two years now, right? So I just think about it like, do you know how much money that would have been? Oh, anyway, especially, you know, especially when it was an all-time high. Like it's crazy, right? And now, now I'm seeing Solana really like spread its wings um all throughout the nft world and i'm curious like i mean as far as ethereum being like the most used in nfts right Mm -hmm. do you think solana can pass up ethereum as the main token for nfts um so i will caveat this was saying like i don't know much about solana i haven't researched it and so anything I say is just hearsay or like whatever. So I might be spreading misinformation accidentally. Um, I know it's it's cheaper uh, and faster uh, in terms of like, um, you know, Ethereum kind of the biggest problem is it's used so much and there's these like extreme gas fees to do anything. So if you want to buy an NFT for like, you know, like you can't sell a cheap NFT. They all have to be like yeah. $150 because it costs $150 of gas to, to make the purchase in the first place. Um, so Solana has that going for it, but, you know, because it's cheap also, uh, it's kind of similar to how, like, there's not as many garbage tokens on the Ethereum blockchain because it's so expensive to make tokens compared to the BSC blockchain, where it's really cheap. Um, a lot of the NFT projects that are on Solana are just, like, people taking the Ethereum uh, NFTs and just copying them and putting them on Solana. Or, you know, whatever. There's just a lot of garbage on there. Um, so it's kind of like this weird balancing act of, like, what what a appropriate price is for stuff. But I don't know if it's going to, like, take over. I feel like Ethereum uh, has a lot of developers working on it. And they do want to move to Ethereum 2, which I don't think is being called Ethereum 2 anymore. But, you know, make it a lot faster and scale better uh, and be less bad for the environment with proof of stake. The idea is that it will it will be a, a more usable uh, as a currency and as a platform in the future, and less you know hamstrung by crazy gas fees. But you know we'll we'll see. I mean, dude, look, I've done some research on Solana. I've done enough. You know, I mean, Billy, I've spent maybe six hours looking up at shit. You know, people say, "Oh, six hours ain't very much." Motherfucker, I could learn how to speak a language in six hours. I'm just like letting people understand, like, well, like my type of research, right? But when I look at it, it does look like. If there was a better word for budget, like the budget coin, you know what I mean? But it does move faster. 
there are more benefits towards it. I feel like, you know, if people started moving that way and, um, I don't know, it was just something interesting. I just, I, I know you don't look at everything and I get it, but at the same time, you know, you've been so goddamn helpful with, you know, basic NFT shit, any kind of stuff, even the stuff I explained on my, on my last episode. Um, when I fucking sent wrapped ETH to the ETH wallet, I'm like, God damn it. This fucking, I, oh, man. the thing is when I spoke to the customer service people, they're like, this has happened so much. It's driving us crazy. By the way, uh, it only cost, it was only 150 bucks to get it resent back to sender. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that worked out. The question of the day, why are gas prices so fucking high? Like really, I'm being serious. Uh, so gas prices are related to like, so there's competition to put your, um, your transaction onto the blockchain. Uh, and because Ethereum is just used so much that there's like so much competition uh, for people to put stuff on the blockchain that like it'll get each block will get filled up essentially. So gas prices will go up higher and higher and higher uh, in order to make sure that your transaction gets on the fastest block. Um, so that's basically why it's just because it's used so much gas prices are high um, is essentially and then it doesn't it doesn't have like the ultimate scaling um, that they want to have uh, yet. Right, man. And also, um, like a bad smart contract, obviously, raise the gas prices, correct? Uh, I'm not super sure about that, but I do know, like, it, if uh, someone just releases, like, a really popular or NFT that was really hyped or whatever, um, because a lot of people are trying to get it first, uh, the gas prices, they'll be kind of like a gas war, essentially. <laughs> um, and Yeah, so the stuff like that happens at random times where you'll see gas prices be at, like, like, uh, like when some of those airdrops happened, um, people were claiming it. The gas prices would go like skyrocket and stuff Bro, like that. Did you see what Chairman paid for one of my NFTs when it dropped? How much he paid in gas oh, fees? Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was nuts, right? It was like a the gas fee itself was like a grand or something, right? Bro, it was like seventeen hundred just for the gas fee for a fucking three hundred. I was like, oh my god, I felt so bad. Uh, that's um, so crazy. How bad is mining Bitcoin really? Like to the earth? Like as far as like really to like. Honestly, uh, I mean, it depends on who you ask. Uh, it does use a lot of power to mine Bitcoin uh, for all the computers that are solving, you know, computational problems to try to solve the block and get the block reward. That does like use. I think it's like more power than uh, you know some third world country type thing. No, um, come on, is it really that? Is it for real? Yeah, I don't. I don't know which one, but it uses a lot of power. Um, same with Ethereum; they both use a lot of power. But uh, if you ask, you know, people who are really into Bitcoin, um, they'll say most of that comes from re- renewable energy, um, and you know, the the use case is worth it. Like uh, a lot of things use a ton of power. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily like give it a judgment, but um, factually, it uses quite a bit of power. Have you ever been inside a mining farm before? I mean, I, I had my own, you know, little mining thing. Uh, so I've never been inside a mining farm, but even like, so I used to mine, uh, Bitcoin and Litecoin and stuff in my, uh, my house and like my room would get like super hot and it would be like super loud. I'd have my computer open and basically it would like heat up the room like 20 degrees, um, and just like have fans whirring all the time. And I only had two graphics cards. So a mining farm would just be like pretty nuts. I'm pretty sure. Dude, I FaceTimed some dude in China. And I had no idea what the fuck he was doing. This was maybe four years ago. <laughs> and he had his shirt off. 
And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, it's a farm. And I was like, what kind of farm, bro? You fucking, I, I thought he was duplicating DVDs in there, like porn and something. I know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and he was like, dude, it was, it sounded crazy. So I was like, you know, um, last question about Bitcoin, bro. What are the chances you think, just, I know you're not a financial advisor. I'm not trying to, no one's thinking you're fucking <laughs> on some scam shit. But what do you think the chances of Bitcoin going back down to $5,000 is? Like going all the way down to 5000 Yeah. Uh, so personally, I don't think the chance is like greatly high that there'll be like a massive crash like that. Um, usually, the historically, there's been like tons of crashes, like, uh, you know, 50%, 48% type. Um, and there was, I believe, one 90% crash. But I, I do feel like people, if it goes down far enough, there's enough people who would want to like set a floor for it. It wouldn't necessarily do that. And there's a lot of infrastructure in place now. Um, but, you know, as cryptocurrency as possible, who, who the hell knows, really? Right. Like the, the idea of Bitcoin going to, you know, 70K in from where I started from when Bitcoin was like 100 bucks, the idea of it going to 70K is like unreal. So, Bro, you know, I was the coin at a dollar, dog. Come on. Like, it's fucking <laughs> yeah, you, nuts. You predated me there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think about it now. It's like, yo, I really thought deeply and I'm like, look, you know what? The floor price, like for life, I think's right at nineteen or something. You know, and I'm fair because like I'm my average price is way lower than that. But I, I just wanted your your opinion. It was that was actually probably a question for me because I know your opinion about Bitcoin maxis. You know, what I'm saying I'm not going to get into that right now. You know, but <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on the future of NFTs? Like moving forward, just how everything's like. Oh, let's. Oh, it's my baby. He took it for a shit. Let's turn it into an NFT. Oh man, you know Billy. <laughs> Billy had a tweet to fucking Elon. Let's turn it into an NFT. Like, what are your honest thoughts moving forward? So, like, NFTs as a concept is is pretty simple. It's just, NFT is literally just a token on Ethereum um, that points to some metadata that points to, uh, like, either graphic or, you know, whatever other thing. So, as a concept, it's just like, like I own a thing. Um, it's in my wallet. It's trackable. I can, I can give it to other people uh, or I can buy and sell it. So, like, I think that concept is, like, you know, powerful because it allows for, like, decentralized ownership of whatever. Um, but in terms of, like, how it's being used currently, uh, like, I kind of just see it akin to collectibles. Um, a lot of the NFTs that uh, are worth a lot of money nowadays uh, were made back in, like, 2017, 2018, when NFTs first got created. And people were really, like, pumped about it back then as, like, an experiment. Um, so they like they you know like the Ethereum rock for example the one that sold for like you know six hundred eighty thousand dollars or whatever it's just a picture of a rock that's just like it was old it like was one of the the first NFTs from back in the day uh, or CryptoPunks or whatever so like you know, like I think collectibles if they have some cultural thing like cultural meaning uh, kind of like baseball cards or basketball cards or whatever like they can be worth something but like pop um, shop because. They, yeah, yeah, like there's like there's certain ones that like uh, Michael Jordan rookie card is worth something because Michael Jordan is important. Um, but yeah, but not everything's going to have value. Like you know, considering there's literally anyone can easily make an NFT. Uh, you just go on OpenSea and anyone with a wallet can just be like, here's my picture. Now it's NFT. I'm going to sell it. You know, just like any collectibles, like they're not necessarily going to hold value. Um, but NFTs as a concept, I don't think are going to go away. I think we'll see it in gaming space. 
Um, I'm, I think it's just going to be rebranded because people don't like NFTs in the gaming right now. But yeah. if you just call them like di- digital collectible, people will be like, oh, that's neat. Uh, so like, I, I think we'll I hear see that. About, I could see that. Yeah. Changing the pseudonym to something else. I could see that. Yeah, I think I think like NFT is a horrible name, right? Like non fungible token. Like yeah, it is fucking horrible. I mean, it's literally definitely an engineer. Even fungible, <laughs> just the word fungible just fucking fucks everything up. You know what's funny? <laughs> we're talking about floor prices. We're talking about essentially like you know like we think a group of rich people. It's almost like a fraternity. It, when you when people really think about a fraternity, think about that word, that brotherhood, and that like type of thing, right? I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts? Like, and it's also a lot of marketing. What are your thoughts about these big giant NFT companies, like? Board ape, you know, and they're gifting allegedly, you know, like, okay, they act like they don't because it comes from like, um, the fuck is that thing called? Uh, something fucking cloud money or moon, moon pay. And it's like these guys gift mm-hmm. celebrities, big celebrities, gift them like a $200,000 NFT to keep the floor price high. You know what I mean? It's like, what are your opinions on, on like, you know, these big companies keeping it amongst each other? Of course they do. There are people out there like, oh, I want to buy in. Fuck it. It's going to go up. It's going to go up. And it's like that marketing shit. You know what I mean? It's like you got these dudes. Like, yeah. for instance, me, for instance, guys will give me a $5,000 pair of shoes. But there's a ton of people that go out there and want to buy them. You know what I'm saying? I got them for free, though. Yeah. I, so there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on in NFTs where, you know, like kind of similar to the shit tokens or whatever, like the BSC tokens where like anonymous people hype up and like pay influencers to hype up their collection. And then like sometimes they even just buy their own uh, NFTs to like make the floor price grow up and stuff like that. So I personally don't like that. I think it's pretty shady Um, in terms of like, you know, if someone gets gifted an NFT and says, this is a gifted thing that I got, like, that's okay. Like if an influencer is like, you know, following the law and saying that, you know, this is an advertisement, not just being like, you should buy, you know, whatever this but NFT bro, is because it's awesome. And these guys aren't saying that. They're not saying they were gifted. They're not saying to go buy it either. They're just basically promoting it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's yeah. a weird thing, you know, and I'm just look, and I know people give me shit about it, whatever, you know, because I know some really good people. Really, really good people that have been in NFT space. They're really, you know, they just known it, whatever, boom. Like, obviously, Gary Vee is kind of like grandfathered in. But some of these people that own these board apes, bro, it's like, come on, dog. You know, like, there should be a clause where they say, you know, that they got them for free. But it's like, dude, they're just basically, it's like exchanging wallets just to keep the fucking floor price high. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't like in terms of like just like marketing. I understand like you know if you have a dress and you give it to someone on the red carpet and they're showing off their dress, then that is good marketing for the dress. But in terms of like NFTs and like fake buying stuff to keep the floor place high, I I don't know. (laughs) Bro, stop being PC, dog. It happens. You know what's happening right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of whack stuff that happens in, the, in every, every every part of crypto. It's no, like, I mean it's, I it's a very it's a very toxic place. Even though I think that you know, the community in general, as far as like people, you know, I mean they're very supportive. They're good people. You never know because there's so many different. Like, look, when I'm talking to some of these guys with their Dogecoin and their name that I follow, because look, when I follow a, a Dogecoin account, if you're not following them, I won't follow them. I just won't. I feel like you've done at least a little bit of due diligence, you know what I'm saying? And be like, all right, this guy's cool. Mm. Then I find out the guy's a doctor. One, you know, I mean, obviously these people, have, so many people have regular jobs, whatever. I mean, Uncle Chad, 
such a positive, great guy. Even if it's like, oh, Chad, go fuck off. I hate that team or whatever. He'd be like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, he's just a good, positive guy. You know, like you can't, how could you get mad at that? He's just always, he tries to be in a good mood all the time, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Shifting gears, what was it like waking up and seeing that Elon Musk followed you on Twitter? Oh, that was wild. I was like, oh man, Elon Musk followed me. Um, <laughs> and then now I feel like I, I just get more followers. Uh, I'm assuming just like uh, if Elon Musk follows you, then you get recommended to more people or something. So that like I just get a bunch of followers every day. I'm like, cool. I don't know who any of these people are. Right. Have you guys ever had any, any interesting talks that you could talk about at all? Or is it just pretty much basic shit? Uh, no, not. I mean, I don't. We don't message each other or anything. Like he, he messaged me a couple of times about uh, some Dogecoin related things, but otherwise, like you know, I, I kind of just want to let the man do his thing, and you know, not bother him with my insignificant stuff. I'm, I'm sure he has bigger fish to fry. You know, it's funny. Is one thing about you I love is that you definitely kind of just stay like in your lane. You don't try to bother people, whatever. I'm not saying you would ever bother me. I'm just saying it's just it's. Billy, you're a stud, dude. You're a rock star. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal. It's all good. I'm sure if you want to DM and be like, yo, bro, I hope you have a good day today. I think Elon would be like, oh, shit, that's cool. I mean, I'm being serious. You know, like I've had my little talks with him, you know, and it's like, all right. And tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's, you know, there's awkward silence. Um, I was at SpaceX today, actually. It's kind of crazy. Um, I, didn't nice. re- I didn't realize how much he's at SpaceX, like right there in LA, you know, right by LAX. He's there three times a week, bro. I had no idea. His jet flies in and out of SpaceX because the airport's right there at SpaceX, Hawthorne Airport. Mm. It's like that jet uh, goes back and forth six times a week. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, okay, there and back, that's one. There, So three, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, there's like three round trips. Anyways, do you believe we will someday soon be able to walk into a McDonald's and pay for Happy Meal with Doge? Like not going to anything else, just literally just paying with Doge. Uh, I don't think so. Like not not anytime soon. Uh, like in my opinion, Doge, or, uh, uh, McDonald's is just such a large company, and you know has franchises everywhere. It would be really difficult uh, to make a big decision like that. Um, I know, like you know, just simple things like uh, McDonald's caused a run on like tomatoes at some point back in the day. Like their decisions uh, make a big impact on things. So. I don't necessarily see it happening anytime soon, but I do know that McDonald's is, uh, they like trademarked a bunch of stuff. Um, they have the speculations, they have plans to go into the metaverse. Uh, so I could imagine them being more crypto friendly or just, you know, trying to explore uh, uh, virtual worlds and, you know, cryptocurrency as a part of that. So I have hope, but, you know, not, not in three months or something. Right, right. Is there really a Grimace coin? I didn't even look into it. There's like ten or twenty. I don't. I don't oh, know which God. ones are legit or not. I mean, actually, none of them are legit. They're all garbage. But okay, you know, I, don't I know hated which, that which they replied. The- I hate that they replied that way to Elon. I was like, yo, you guys had such. Even if it was a joke, a meme, you guys had such an epic fucking opportunity, and they yeah. just let us down. And by the way, where the fuck did that rumor start? That you know that Doge was going to be in the McDonald's commercial. Like, what? The, where the fuck did that even come from? I I don't know. Like, so I mean, you know, it all started. Back when Elon said something about that, uh, you know, uh, if you film me eating it or uh, no, if you, you accept, accept Doge, Doge, yeah, I'll make a commercial eating a Happy Meal or something like that. And uh, that's how like everything started. Um, and that's how the Grimace coin debacle started also. 
Um, but in terms of like where the next rumor came from, like all that happened was like McDonald's tweeted something about like getting excited for their Super Bowl commercial, essentially. And Elon Musk, like, I think he just made like a sex joke and like tweeted like the sweat emoji or whatever, like because they said like something big is coming. And then Elon oh, Musk. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, so it's just like this dumb, like, you know, shit post. Like, Elon Musk is probably pooping while doing it, right? And then, like, I don't know how that turned into, like, oh, whatever they're saying must be related to, like, a Dogecoin thing. And then people just kind of ran with it. And it was like, why, why is everyone getting so, like, like, this is coming from nothing. This is, this is, like, just pure pointless speculation. So I was kind of annoyed that people were, like, so angry afterwards it's like well you guys made this up like this has no basis in reality so why would you be mad at something that didn't happen that made no sense in the first place you know what's funny is mcdonald's marketing is billions and billions of dollars right when they said something big was going to happen and their timing couldn't have been worse with mm. how much negativity is going around kanye and it's like i got stopped by fucking tmz yesterday you know what i'm saying like they stopped me at the copy shop they're like yo um you know What's going on with you and Kanye? Boom, whatever. But it's like, there's all this negativity going on. And your big announcement is him in the commercial, that cameo. Like, bro, talk about a fucking <laughs> fail. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was received really poorly online, especially. You know, it was just, yeah. it was bad. Yeah, like, you know, unfortunate timing for them. I, I'm sure when they signed Kanye for the commercial, they were like, oh, yeah, like, huge name. This is going to be a, a big deal. And then there's kind of some meltdowns going on, yeah, I guess. I mean, bro. Trust me, I guarantee someone at McDonald's, you know, headquarters was like, why the fuck did he decide to go into a nuclear fucking mental breakdown like right before the Super Bowl? Like, you know what I mean? Like, could you imagine that must suck, you know? If you were given a million dollars tomorrow, which I don't know, I mean, it's not a ton of money, but you know, it's still a good amount of money. Someone gave you a million dollars tomorrow, but you had to invest it all in crypto within 24 hours. Or else basically you'd lose 50% in taxes, right? So you can be like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to invest in crypto. I'm just going to keep 500 grand. But mm. you would obviously invest in crypto. Which tokens would you distribute that million dollars to? If I, if I was just gifted a million dollars to buy a cryptocurrency and I had to buy it, I would definitely buy Dogecoin just because like, I, I think everything is like, you know, the, of the top currencies, everything's, you know, relatively stable right now uh, or stable for cryptocurrency. Um, so I'd probably go all ham into Dogecoin. I love you, bro. I love you for that answer. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I really do. Like, let me ask you, you think a million dollar purchase would drive the price up right then and there? Would would it would it move? Not really. There's there's all like there's billions of dollars of transactions every day on on Dogecoin and uh, most cryptocurrencies. So a uh, million dollars wouldn't really move the needle that much. Yeah, it's funny. When I was talking to my boys who work with Elon, they're like, there's no fucking way he owns less than 1 billion doge. There's no way. Because he's like, you know, he doesn't do anything small. You know, he doesn't like, you know, besides like his little, you know, 200 square foot house that he lives in, he doesn't give a shit about whatever. As far as like investments, I mean, dude, he has, he has bread involved, you know, so I know he has a lot of money in doge. Last question, bro. In a perfect world, in Billy Marcus's perfect world, where do you want to see yourself in 10 years from now? Oh, like in my perfect world, I would be working for myself and uh, making video games and writing music and stuff like that. Writing music? Uh, I think that'd be my... Yeah, yeah, I, I write music and, you know, my childhood dream was to make video games. Uh, I'd probably live in New Zealand instead of in California. <laughs> uh, I think that, that'd be my perfect life, just like, you know, a nice lake house in New Zealand and 
chill by myself and, you know, working on games and music and stuff. Have you ever been in New Zealand before? Yeah, I, I visited there like, uh, I guess three years ago. Or Auckland? Before, before the world, what the heck? Uh, I went all over. Uh, started in Auckland and just kind of explored everything. Went to the Hobbit Town, uh, did a lot of Lord of the Rings type stuff. Um, is is so gorgeous there. And no, no, NZ like, is really nice, dude. People don't understand how fucking beautiful. Uh, just even Australia, the whole area is just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It's it was one of those things where I came back home and I was like, just so unimpressed with. with I mean, uh, California is pretty, but you have to like kind of like let down yourself from like how beautiful New Zealand was to be like, okay, this is this is normal now. I mean, Sydney has been voted top 10 most beautiful place in America, I mean, in the world for like the last 30 mm. years. So, you know, it's not like some fluke. Um, I didn't know you fucking like were into music like that. What type of music do you, do you write? Like alternative, like pop no, shit? It's, it's like right. video, video game music. Yeah, I, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't like, sing very well. So, okay. Yeah. You're talking about like beats so and like stuff. My, yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, like uh, I make RPGs. So it'd be like, like a fantasy game uh, music or whatever. So you're in New Zealand. You have your lake house. Everything is good. Your health is good. Your family's good. Everyone's good. Bro, it's time to get a car. You can get any car you want. Literally, any, you want a million dollars, you want a fucking, you want a Koenigsegg, you want fucking, you name it. What would you grab? Well, I, would, I mean, I'm going to sound like a, you know, Elon Musk show or whatever, but I would get a Tesla. I think, like, for me personally, uh, I, I've driven in, like, a Lamborghini before, and I was like, this is super uncomfortable. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't... I don't drive fast anyway, so like it, it seemed impractical. But like I think Teslas are cool, and I think they're like they just have a lot of tech in them. And I'm kind of you know interested in in tech in general, so I would probably get a Tesla. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, I, I own both, bro. You know what I'm saying? But like, if have you been in a new Plaid yet or no? No, I've I, I've been in a Model Three, uh, but I haven't been in any other Tesla. Okay, I'm gonna drive the Plaid up to SF. Next time I bring one of the kids or something, I'm gonna pick you up on the way. And bro, when you you're gonna shit your pants, it is <laughs> twice the speed of any Lamborghini. There's no Lamborghini even close. Like I will fucking destroy any Lambo. Like it is scary fast. Well, zero to sixty is like less than three seconds, right? What, bro? Zero to sixty is like low two seconds. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's That's like crazy. My, my shit has twelve hundred horsepower. It's like stupid fast there's a brand new video i just saw this morning of a fucking 1200 horsepower Koenigsegg. that's one of the fastest cars i mean it is the fastest car in the world and they put four 250 pound guys or five in the plaid and it still beat the Koenigsegg in a quarter <laughs> mile it's crazy so no it's mad it's dope man well billy i do appreciate you chiming in and you know um i do appreciate all the help uh by the way i've been talking to song a lot you know from uh, fast and furious han and uh, thank you for that. He really appreciates you know all the help. He's actually launching NFTs now, and uh, he's helping me sit with something now. And the crazy part is, I want to buy a JDM car, right? And mm -hmm. because he's like the fucking face of all JDM cars, because the movie, right, the franchise, bro, right. he has like the ultimate plug. And I'm like a car dude, but he has a way better plug than I do for those type of cars. So like because I connected you two. I'm going to save like 50 grand on this next car. It's crazy. He's like, <laughs> even though we're boys, he really appreciate what you did. So I just, I got to say thank you again. You know, if there's anything you ever need from me, bro, I'm always there for you. Oh, thanks so much. And yeah, that was, it was nice talking to him and uh, nice, always nice talking to you too. And 
Yeah, I can't wait to drive the Tesla and shit my pants. <laughs> no, bro, listen, I'll let you drive it. You can get in this car. You can get in the fucking trunk if you want, if you could fit in the front. You're small enough to fit in the front. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, not really. Just, you know, thanks for having me on. And uh, I always enjoy talking about crypto and just being candid and stuff. <laughs> All right, guys, that's Billy Marcus, man, co-founder of Dogecoin, again on Behind the Baller podcast. Yo, Miles, man, let's cut to a commercial, play some Lakey Lake. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right, we'll be right back, y'all. So let's talk about Captain's Picks because you're missing out on making some money. All right. It is such an exciting time of the year to bet and wager on sports right now. This is no cap. I'm being serious with you guys right now. NFL, NBA, NCAA basketball, NHL, soccer, live betting guys, okay? All can be done at captainpicks.com. This company has myself as a partner and a captain along with the Dust Brothers and Michael Rappaport. So you know how we get down the podcast every damn day in these streets, We've even brought in new captains to man new sports and live betting bonanzas. We view this as investing over gambling. Nobody has lower rates in the betting game. Nobody. We are about to revolutionize how betting picks are done, made, sold, everything across the board. Do yourself a favor. Go to captainpicks.com. Okay, that's Captain picks.com thank me later what's up y'all i had a conversation with vince stables the other day um this week and i uh, just randomly he'll randomly hit me up out of nowhere right and vince staples is so fucking funny he is one of the funniest like naturally funny naturally gifted great rapper fucking articulate the whole nine right dude is is like hits me up. He's like, what up with it? And like, you know, he, he's been in crypto for a while too. Really, you know, like he's just, re just real savvy with everything. Hits me up about random ass shit, but I fuck with dude. And uh, he's like just enough to where like, he's real hood, but he's also alternative and he's got an open mind. You know, again, brilliant guy. We had these great talks every so often. He hits me up. He's like, yo, I'm just on this motherfucking Tyler, the creator tour. And I'm like, oh shit, I seen Tyler was on tour and I kind of seen your name and everything. Boom, I was like, what's good, man? He's like, yo, Tyler is really out here as somebody. Like meaning Tyler is really, has really arrived. He's here now. Like for real, he is really that dude, you know? And I, man, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, you know, I'm happy. I am happy as fuck for Tyler. I am hyped. We had a good-ass conversation. They're on tour right now until, like, mid-April or something. I think right around, like, oh, no, I'm sorry, early April, I think. Until, like, Tyler's birthday, a little bit after Tyler's birthday or something. I'm going to try to reach out and either meet up with Tyler and Vince in New York at Madison Square Garden, if it doesn't fuck with my babe collab, or I'm going to finish the tour off and meet them in Seattle, which would be lit because there's some blockchain holders that are in Seattle, I'd love to see. But I'm going to meet in New York regardless, right? And I need to get up with my boy Timmy Tokens. He's also another blockchain holder. Need to get that. He's also a BTB Army member. And um, I ain't going to hit him with his real name. But that's my dude. We had a conversation. And by the way, shout out to Steve over at uh, Notables, right? He's somebody who really has been 
trying to put everything together and there's been puzzles like mixed match. And I'm not even going to get into what, you know what I mean? Whatever, right? We hit some road bumps, hit some obstacles. There's some things that, you know, and I'd rather be transparent with you guys. Might be some things I'm not really so happy about, but it is what it is. Not everything's going to be perfect. That's my life. Guys, that is my life. Understand that. I'm not the dude that had the perfect record. Never. I was the motherfucker that if we're going on a life score right now and we're going on on, on the actual record in life, I'm like 3,478 and 611. Yeah, I had 611 losses. But that 3,000 fucking 878, whatever I fucking number I just said, that shit is so much louder than people know, okay? Because I got to the eight figures. I got to just flex a little bit. I got to let you guys know it's possible, okay? My brands, all my companies I put together, we have hit 100 M's, all right? I have fed people, you know, some people don't like this, but guess what? A majority of my team is Korean, you know, one of my brands, all Korean, work with Asians. People say, oh, you know, man, dog, shut the fuck up. Shut up with the one-dimensional shit. I'm on some 17,000-dimensional type shit. You talking 3D, I'm talking 17,000D. All right. So, going to try to connect with some people. A lot of people hit me up because uh, they saw me on TMZ and... um I go to this coffee shop once a month to go visit my mom. It's a popular coffee shop. It's super popular. Coffee's good. You know, I don't drink straight black coffee. I can't like, you know, I got ulcerative colitis, dog. I'm not going to fucking drink straight coffee. And I know, I know that Mike Rapport is um, off coffee complete. Good for him, bro. That's not me. Two things that are never going to stop. And that's right now I can tell you coffee and weed. Those are two things I just can't stop doing. Those are things that keep me even, right? Now, alcohol, look, I drink on occasion and I drink responsibly. But weed and coffee, not giving that up. So there's a spot I go to when I visit my mom once a month. And every time I go there, someone from TMZ is outside the fucking coffee shop. You get confused faces, random ass white people like, who the fuck is this big fat ass Asian dude sitting here talking? All I know is they try to get me, try to get me to fucking, you know, say some real shade and some dirt on Kanye. And um, I said what I said, man. You know, I kept it honest. For all the goofies out there that are on fucking the Kanye blogs and the fan pages and everything else who don't know. The real dudes who run some of these Kanye pages and these Yeezy pages, I think the motherfuckers know I've had my relationship and I'm tied to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even one degree of separation away from Ye. I'm directly connected to dude, right? But then we also have the one degree of separation multiple times. But, you know, they asked me some shit and I'm like, look, man, now he come and cop, please, posting apologies and shit to Cuddy and everything. I don't even know, dog. Like, me and Cuddy, ain't even, I didn't even spoke about dude to Cud, right? Um, cuz in motherfucking Cleveland right now getting ready for the motherfucking all-star game. Okay. I was going and then look, I was hoping that some shit would turn around and it has got my Instagram back. Right. And, um, 
I wasn't trying to start posting ads and stuff, but you know, I had a really big week last week. And I feel like, you know, Twitter sees one side of it. And there's certain things that Twitter sees that, I, that, that really does react well. That's, you know, the hobby, baseball cards, sports cards in general. Okay, crypto is definitely much more Twitter fluent than you'd see on IG. NFTs kind of do their thing on, on IG, right? But it's like really any real crypto shit is going to live on Twitter more than anywhere. All right. Now, when it comes to my lifestyle stuff and everything, I think people eat it up more on IG. And, you know, there's like a good mix of everything. But I did want to recap on my NFL honor shit that I got to miss out. There's a bunch of shit. I missed my birthday here and there. My wife was more happy than I was, I think, because we get to share our 10-year anniversary, you know, out in fucking uh, in a different country, right? Um, so anyways, my vape collab is going to be next month. I want to say, let's just say middle of the month. So, I'm, you know, maybe three, four weeks from now. And I'm going to be for real, for real. I will have a real date. There's going to be some t-shirts, very, very limited. I'll be honest with you. Anybody who's been to a real meet and greet of mine in LA, an actual LA meet and greet, which I've done very few, everyone knows motherfuckers turned out. Now, I'm going to be real. For Bape, it, it might get a little crazy. Okay? Now, I'm talking very, very limited like 150 t-shirts. I'll do 150 t-shirts online in probably 30 seconds, okay? They're not gonna sell these online. It's going to be an LA Bape Store exclusive. Then we go to New York, and then we go to the motherland, the Bape OG flagship Shibuya store in Tokyo, right? So I'm gonna tentatively say, no, I really wasn't trying to give you guys a fucking date. I'm gonna tentatively say that March 12th is looking like the day that we're going to have this babe collab. That's what it's looking like. There's going to be tees. There's going to be very limited jewelry, official bape pieces made by yours truly. And that's why a lot of shit's been pushed back and everything else. And this has been going on. This has been something that we started this conversation in 2015, right? I just realized it's damn near eight years. I, I said, or seven years. I said five years, six years. It's been even longer, really, right? Because I started a shit in Bape Korea when I got my endorsement deal with Bape. So the Bape collab is real. It's going to be jewelry. It's going to be some shit. I already know Cuddy's going to cop a piece. I know John Mayer's going to cop a piece, you know? And uh, those are actually homies of mine in real life. You know, if you know, you know. So just letting you guys, giving you guys the, the skinny on that. My gold surfboard with network, when I talk about limited, I mean, it don't get more limited than that because how fucking expensive it cost to make these surfboards was just kind of crazy. So we're literally at 10 surfboards. Yes, I said 10. It's, I know I've never, ever had anything under like 500 to 1,000 when it comes to network. And um, that's what it is. So anyways, um, back to Yay. I think I, I told you guys I did an article for uh, Time Magazine. Didn't shade him, said what I had to say. And I know the genius documentary is out. Guess what? I have zero care to watch the, the doc. I don't care how much, you know, I'm never going to take away from Ye's natural talents. I just think where he is as a parent and where he is as an artist, I think I put people on a certain pedestal. I don't give a fuck what people say. I do put them on a certain thing, right? Even though we have... I can talk to him on a, on a level, level head, you know, man to man conversation when we have talks. 
dude is, is a great genius, great music producer, you know, all that entertainer. But I do think all the fuckery that he's done on social media has 100% hurt his legacy, right? Yeah, it shows him that he could be petty, he could be this, this, and this. But no, nah, man, come on, dog, be better than that. Because we expect more than that. You know, when you see something like, I don't know, you see Princess Diana, you see like Michael Jackson or somebody, you know, they weren't out there acting up on certain things. And I'm talking about even like Drake, you know, he'd be petty here, and there, but he's not going to go and just start ranting and doing certain things. like, nah, man, there's something going on. And, and you know, of course, say he's losing his family. Look, man, there have been some people on the internet who have broken down situations when men have said, I'm fighting for my family. And they're doing some real sketchy, sus, dirty, cryptic ass shit. Okay? So, look, man. Not only is it hurting the legacy, I'm telling y'all, in my personal opinion, and that's why you guys listen to this show, I'm telling you guys, as a father, I could not wild out like that. If me and Nicolette, God forbid, ever were to separate or something, man, I wouldn't say a fucking thing. If it was something in private, whatever, you know, speaking to a, you know, one of my friends. And by the way, guys, I do have very few friends, right? It's just the way it is. When I talk to Cuddy, same thing. We have a lot of similarities, right? When I talk to John Mayer, he has very, you know, but you have people you tour with, you have people you trust, there's certain things. But realistically, when you see like these, when I have a party at my house, you never see more than 13, you know, 15 people. And then there's family here and there. When I go to Cud's crib, he has a party, it's like 12, 15, two people here, they're kicking it, whatever, right? John Mayer have a fucking party. And it's like, dog, he has full-blown catering and all kinds of shit, security, 10 people show up. It's wild, you know? And what I'm getting at is you don't need to have a lot of friends. And especially if you're a dad with kids, look, I'm fine with hanging out with my kids. I love that. I could have my adult conversations with my kids, friends, parents here and there, whatever. Some of us have things in common. Some of us don't. Try to make it as easy as possible for people. But I have my conversations with my wife. I'm good. I don't need a ton of interaction, you know? I got you guys and the support system that BTB, you know, that you guys provide for me is everything. Understand that. So yeah, I'm not watching that documentary, but there is something on Netflix right now called Inventing Anna. And it is about this alleged scam artist, Anna Delvey. She's the craziest scam artist ever. Why she's praised and so different from like being a... um you know, like a, a Ponzi scheme type person, Bernie Madoff, whatever. I wish I could describe that better to you. I just knew I wanted to talk about it. I've actually was like, I was like, am I going to watch this? Am I not? I'm not a huge fan of Julie or Julia Gardner. You want to know something fucking funny? The coffee shop that I go to once a month to see when I go visit my mom is the, you know, I've met Julie or Julia Garner there. I'm not a big fan of old girl, right? She's a big actress she's doing her thing. I'm just, I don't really fuck with her. And I think she does Anna Delvey's voice so good that it's kind of fucked up. The accent is real fucking weird. But I hosted a clubhouse when Anna Delvey got out of jail. She got out of jail, right? Went to clubhouse and I hosted it with N.Y. Dorman, okay, 
and Julia Fox. Yes, that Julia Fox. Julia Fox, Kanye West, ex-girlfriend Julia Fox, who I know from Uncut Gems. We hosted a goddamn clubhouse with Anna Delvey, did all that. I think I talked about it on the show. Told y'all. She has the number one watched show in the world on Netflix. She's been number one probably since maybe, I don't know, three, four, five days, whatever. To hit number one, period, is crazy. So she reached out to me before my Instagram account got banned, and she was like, yo, let's get a collaboration going. Don't ask me how she has access to IG. I don't know. You know, she's a master manipulator. They say everything else, whatever. Show's actually really super interesting, just the fact that you could even get into these fucking crazy situations. And I've been around so many people like that. It's sad, but it's true. Fortunately, you know, I see how smart and how stupid some people are, how easy people are, are, are fooled. And I take that into, you know, consideration when I'm thinking about what I'm doing in life. But I don't take advantage of people. I don't, that's not my style. But anyways, you know, as soon as I got back on Instagram, I logged back in. My account came back Wednesday morning at 3.57 in the morning. I had already had a thousand notifications, right? No joke, 1,000 plus. So people all over, were just, I guess they're just checking, oh shit, Ben's back. People check, who knows? Then I posted something, already got 117,000 views in less than 24 hours on, you know, my first thing, guess who's back, boom. Just amongst friends, meaning DMs I have open. 117 DMs. I was just like, what the fuck? I've never seen no shit like this. People hitting me up. I appreciate everyone who reached out. Some people didn't really know what was going on. I still haven't really broken it down. You guys always get the skinny on what's going on in my life. I think there's more in depth about what's going on with me here that only like my wife would know and then you guys. That's how much I really do share and what I want to share with you guys, right? But Anna Delvey, I don't know what we could do on a collaboration level. Maybe there's something I don't know. Um, I am reaching out to do something with Tiffany and co. Maybe there's something there with Anna. I don't know. But crazy that she doesn't follow very many people on her Instagram. And obviously she follows me on Twitter, follows me. I mean, she follows like 40 people on Twitter, right? And she just, it's weird. I don't know. No idea. Maybe she has heard of me from her New York socialite days. I don't know. Tuesday night, shifting gears. Sorry, guys, pivoting. Tuesday night, Tops launched the official kickoff to baseball card season. Tops launched their Series 1 2022 edition of uh, baseball cards, right? And then they had their Series 1 box, which is like super limited. And I'm going to keep it a buck. Party was in LA. It was downtown. Three blocks from my factory, from my office. And I was shocked. Like, it was lit. It was at this place... um, Forgot what's the fucking majestic. What? Anyways, it was literally in the, in the heart of downtown Los Angeles, right? Streets I used to walk right down, not that far from the fucking Hotel Cecil, where uh, Richard Ramirez, aka the Night Stalker, was fucking around, you know, killing bitches and doing all kinds of fucking horrid shit. Um, it was like an old school bank type building, you know, real downtown LA ish. Um, when you see these these lofts that people are doing downtown and stuff, but it was dope. There was like maybe 80 people. It was real. Like They could have easily had three to four. They could have had 300 people, 400 people in this place. And it would have been kind of crowded, but it had been all right. But it was dope. They had Ryan Sandberg there. By the way, I didn't know Ryan Sandberg was in the Hall of Fame. I know he won a championship. I know he's a great baseball player, but that was lit. And they waited for him to get there before anyone could crack packs. Now, I'm going to keep it 100-100. 
Tops was not cheap at all with um, sharing the cards. Yo, they let us, I must have opened a box, okay? I opened 20 packs, maybe 24 packs easily. A lot of the Tops artists were invited. Not everyone showed up, but my man Blake Jameson was there. Um, Brittany, fuck, I feel like such a fucking asshole. Brittany Palmer. Thank God I remember. Jesus Christ. I was gonna, she's a UFC girl. She's also an artist. Gregory Siff was in the house. Um, Lauren Taylor was there. Uh, who else? Um, forgot the famous stand-up comedian's name. Fuck, he's an Alan Ginter. Um, fuck. A lot of really big people in the hobby, meaning like distribution, local card shops, big breakers. They were there. Dodger fans. There was. It was like, you know, you have to be invited by Topps. Um, finally got to connect with some of the Topps executives. Obviously, you know, Topps just sold to um, fanatics for like, I don't know, I'm just quoting, I think it was near a billion dollars. So, you know, they didn't go short. Bar was open, open bar. Uh, they didn't have well drinks. They had like, you know, premium liquor. It was good. I didn't drink shit. But when you walk in, they handed every person that walked in a fucking one of 10 auto, right? An 87 um, tops throwback, you know, insert refractor, and um, it was lit. I got a Bo Jackson, 7 out of 10, autograph. So these were all autos too. It was crazy. Couldn't believe they even had this type of shit. And then you get a gift bag. It was a Topps backpack inside. Had a breaker, little display. Had like six packs in there. It had one Series 1 pack in there, which I pulled a red refractor, Christian Yelich. Um, there's a mini baseball bat. There was um, a pen. There was all kinds of shit. There was posters. The food was catering. There was fajitas. There was tri-tip steak. There was prime rib. There was turkey. There was desserts like a motherfucker. There, it was, I'm not going to lie to you, man. This was a good party, right? There, there wasn't like, I don't know if there, was there a DJ? I can't remember, but there was like cool little booths to take pictures. They're making baseball cards. You could do one-on-ones. You could do whatever. You could do six-by-nines. There was a lot of cool little shit and I'm surprised because like I got there like around 5.30, party started at 5, and I stayed till the end, till like 9 o'clock. And I had a good-ass time. I got to catch up with some people, met some people that own card shops, and um, it, it was really, really dope. And then I got to talk to my boy Josh Luber, who now is the head of Fanatics All Sports Cards. Um, this is the former CEO of StockX. He's an old friend of mine from Nike Talk. And he hit me up. He's like, yo, what do you think? I was like, it was cool. I just thought it was a little light. You know, and it was mostly hobby, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of, you know, like card geeks, right? And I was like, bro, you know what? I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Because um, he's like, what do you think? What do we think we should do for next year? Because that's when Josh will be running things. And I was like, I think we should definitely, you know, invite some celebrities and, you know, more influencers and like people that are cool. But at the same time, you got to keep the card geeks and the hobby dudes, the real OGs, because they have to blend. They got to have the OG hobby people there. There was dudes who was talking about the national in Dallas from 1986 and talking about like how many years people had to grind it out, making 25, 30, $40,000 a year, really grinding out before it paid off to now, you know? So shout out to Sports Source in Studio City, California. Um, my boy, Michael Ant has a great shop out there. You know, there's all these big shops out there, which I won't shout them out at all, but you got these small local card shops like that. And when I was in high school, I had a part-time job besides Burger King at this place called Dave's Dugout. And they spelled Dugout D-O-U-G-O-U-T because it was a play on Dugout, but the dude's name was Doug. 
And the other partner with it was Dave. And it was right on Solano Avenue in Albany. And it was a fucking great hobby shop. I don't know what year they fell apart, but it was a great place. And I really in the hobby back then. I was really in that shit. So, man, it just brought back good vibes. It was lit. I think that next year would be dope. I'm excited for, you know, my Chrome series with my Wander and all this shit that's going on. This rookie class is better. There's a lot of things that are going to happen this year. I'm really excited for sports cards because, you know, it's a different playing field. Pun intended. But um, yeah, guys, look, man, I'm really excited. I'm happy. You know, we, we are doing really good right now as far as the podcast. Um, we're growing. We are at, um, you know, shit, where we at? Miles Jordan, fucking uh, 13 million downloads somewhere on there. You know, we're doing good. And I want to take this to the next level. I am maybe going to entertain some offers just because the growth and the marketing that a Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, you know, Wondery, one of these big, fa- you know, uh, studios could provide a lot more advertisement for me. You know, I could still do it independently and that's fine. But and the only thing, would, one other thing would change, there'd just be, you know, obviously more marketing and stuff. And then, you know, um, there'd be more money and uh, there'd be less of the pie, which is fine. Because you got to give a little ass to get a little ass. But I'm really excited about growing the show. I still want to do video. And uh, we got this great concept. I wasn't going to tell you guys about it, but I'm going to wait. Miles came up with it. But yeah, guys, look. Episode 250. I'm fucking very, very, very grateful for all of you guys. I will not bullshit y'all. This really means more to me than any of the Instagram or the Twitter or anything else. You guys, all you loyal subscription um, subscribers, sorry. Really appreciate you guys. I cannot thank Illegal Cartel for the theme song enough. Look, we're rocking almost on, we're two and a half years. We'll be at three years in August, all right? Lakey, you already know how I feel about you. Um, Miles and Jordan, look, man, I told you guys, these are some of the best people I've met in my life as far as characters and everything. And we're in business together. We're a team. You know, we're not just doing this. It's like we got captain's picks. We got those other things. These guys have, they share, organically share so many things in common with me and these are men who have been around my kids around my house and things like that you know the trust level is crazy and what miles does and how much work he puts into the show it's you know sometimes maybe goes unnoticed by you guys that's why i shout his name up so much and then jordan what he facilitates you know and i fucking you know i literally he will expedite things for me he doesn't need to and i don't ever talk to him like he's lesser of a human and uh jordan's getting married this year so excited for that too but guys have a great weekend. It is a long weekend. Um, I'm still going to obviously give you guys an episode on Monday, give you guys my weekend wrap up and all that. I don't know what else to say. Uh, you know what? I'll say this. Man, Fred, come on, dog. What the fuck is going on with the lockout? Can we get baseball started? And you know, for me to say that, that's some crazy ass shit. But that's it, guys. Episode 250. This is not your practice life. Make it a great day. All that good shit. You know, what? I'm going to throw the old school joint in there. Many are cold, but few are frozen. Yo, we're out of here, man. Lakey, give him something to vibe to, and we are out of here. Peace, y'all.